Support for today's episode comes from the Diocesan Annual Campaign. Your donation is vital in continuing our mission of evangelization and helping our community grow in their faith, love, and understanding. Support from donations helped us to produce over 57 original episodes last year that were spread across terrestrial radio, internet-based platforms, and social media outreach. This year, we're planning to share even more original content on relevant topics in the church, current events, and questions you've always wanted to hear answered. The 2024 annual campaign is now open and accepting donations, so if you've loved what you've listened to in the last two years of our programming, thank you so much for being a part of the Candid Catholic Convos community, and please consider making a donation to this year's campaign to help us to continue to spread the word of God across the airwaves. Welcome to Candid Catholic Convos, a program brought to you by the Catholic Diocese of Harrisburg. Our mission is to humanize the church and help you to grow in your faith, love, and understanding. I'm your host, Rachel Trochet, a cradle Catholic who's only human and struggled with faith on more than one occasion. Each week, you'll hear engaging, down-to-earth interviews and actionable strategies you can implement into your life with ease to help you grow closer to God. If you're ready to open your heart and step fully into the person God created you to be, then you're in the right place. Let's get started. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Candid Catholic Convos. Raising kids is just wild. It's wild. When I was expecting my first, I heard all kinds of unsolicited parenting advice and metaphors. The one metaphor that stuck with me the most was kids are like sponges. They absorb everything, especially the bad stuff. But I recently heard a new metaphor that I feel like is a bit more accurate. Kids are like mirrors. They reflect back what you put out. And this is one of those things I wish I had known, or at least had listened to if it was told to me when I was a brand new parent, because I was very unprepared for just how much of my childhood I would see in my children, especially now that they're out of the diaper stages and becoming more developed little people with big personalities. I'm a lot more cognizant of my childhood wounds that I completely forgot were there. Wounds that surface at the most inopportune times, I might add, like when I need to discipline them or my nervous system is already overstimulated. So in a sense, I'm not just parenting my children. I'm also parenting my inner child who could never fully articulate that those wounds even existed in the first place. Because by all accounts, I had a great childhood. My parents did the best they could with what they had available. But what about those children whose homes weren't stable? What about those children who grew up having to split time between parents or who witnessed a tumultuous relationship or who maybe thought everything was fine, but now that they're adults, they're having a hard time. They're wondering why they can't find the right person to spend the rest of their life with or why they're guarded in relationships. Today we're chatting with Bethany Miola, a wife, mother, author, and co-founder of Life-Giving Wounds, 
about the long-lasting impact divorce and separation can have on children and where those adult children can now find healing. Bethany, thank you so much for joining me on Candid Catholic Convos today. I'm really excited to talk to you about life-giving wounds and this ministry that is just so needed in this day and age. And I'm really excited to have you here. Yeah, thank you, Rachel. I'm excited for our conversation as well. Talk to me a little bit about yourself. I know we kind of chatted offline a little bit, but um, tell me a little bit about yourself and and kind of what led you to where you are today. Sure. Yeah. Well, I guess a kind of a fun fact for the Diocese of Harrisburg is that is where I grew up. I'm from Mechanicsburg, Pennsylvania. Grew up there. Uh, went to school in Philly, and then now I live down in Maryland, so Archdiocese of Washington. A little bit about me. I'm a Catholic convert, so I w- I became Catholic in college. Uh, And then I went to grad school down here in the D.C. Archdiocese at the John Paul II Institute for Studies on Marriage and Family. And that's where I met my husband, Dan. Um, And it's the two of us. We co-founded the ministry Life-Giving Wounds. So it really kind of grew out of uh, both personal experience. Um, For myself, I'm not an adult child of divorce. My parents are still married, which is a great blessing and gift. Uh, But my husband is one of the millions of people who are adult children of divorce. So his parents split up when he was 11, and then their divorce was finalized over a decade later when he was 26. Um, So actually the year that we got married, which felt like it had a kind of a, like a sad poignancy. Um, You know, it's two events happening the same year. And when when we met at the JP2 Institute, um, its focus is on marriage and family. So we were really just diving deep into what does the church teach about marriage? What does John Paul II in particular teach about marriage? All these beautiful teachings that our church gives us. And part of where where we were um, getting hung up is, you know, these beautiful teachings of marriage lasting forever and it's indissoluble. Um, just, you know, what happens to the, especially the children when that is not the case, when marriages don't last forever, um, when couples do divorce. And one thing that we saw while during our time there and then afterwards was just what we saw as a gap in church ministry to the children of divorce. There are ministries existing that are very um, important ministries to those who have gone through a divorce themselves, but we really saw a need to help people like Dan, who were children of divorce, deal with all the things that that, that brings up in your life. Um, so we founded Life-Giving Wounds, and now we're, we're an international ministry um, that I'm sure we'll get into more about that. Um, we just wrote a book with Ignatius Press last year uh, called Life giving wounds. That's kind of just in a nutshell how we got to that that point where we are today. I love that. And I love that you were able to kind of take, you know, everything that you've learned and then everything that was brought to the relationship and kind of built something incredibly beautiful and and worthwhile for millions of children out there who uh, have gone through similar um, experiences with divorce and, and all the feelings that they may not have been able to articulate when they were younger that maybe now that they can put a name to and, and an expression to. I think that that's really, really powerful and really needed this day and age. One thing I'm curious about, though, is the name Life-Giving Wounds. Like, where Where did that come from and why that name? Yes, yeah, so it comes from a verse in First Peter, by his wounds you have been healed. Um, I'm sure many people who you know have gotten to Mass enough have heard that, come across it in the scriptures. That was a verse that really spoke to us, the fact that the wounds that we experience in our lives 
Um, they're not just, they're, they're certainly hard to deal with. They're difficult to go through, but the Lord doesn't leave us there. You know, through his wounds, he heals us. Um, there's the beautiful image of Jesus after his resurrection, when he appears to his disciples and he shows them his wounds. He still has his wounds visible even after the resurrection. And St. Thomas puts his finger in his wounds. And that's kind of, that's the moment when St. Thomas believes, yes, this is the Lord. This is Jesus. We, we drew from that a lot because, uh, you know, being an adult child of divorce, it's something that it may be a wound or have some wounds that carry on through a person's lifetime. You know, and that's one thing we get into in our ministry and in our book that there's different things that happen throughout your life when your parents have split up, different milestones that hit differently that can bring up those fresh wounds again. But despite those wounds, maybe not being able to be completely fixed in our lifetime, our Lord can bring out so much goodness, both for us, for our families, for the world. So we really wanted to dive into that aspect of, that we have in our faith. Um, we could also call it redemptive suffering. We talk a lot about redemptive suffering in our ministry um, and just finding meaning right in the midst of our wounds and our mess and our hurt and knowing that Jesus meets us there and brings something greater out of it. That's absolutely beautiful. And I it's it's a it's a really nice reminder that we're not alone in the suffering. Yes. I think that that's yeah. amazing. Amen. I can imagine that divorce is, is traumatic for children of all ages. Like we like we said, like it's something that you kind of carry with you. I personally haven't experienced it. I'm I'm very blessed and grateful that my parents have been married almost fifty years. Um, but my two best friends are adult children of divorced parents. And, and I know that like, God forbid, if my parents were to ever split up tomorrow, that the entire rug of my life would just have been ripped out from under me. So how do we, especially as somebody who hasn't personally experienced it, how can we support those who are currently walking this journey? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, you're right. I mean, it affects people no matter their age. Like there's people that we work with in our ministries whose parents were never together, you know, that they don't have a memory of their mom and dad ever being together. And then we have people all the way up into their adulthood when their parents divorce that in the literature, they call that gray divorce when divorces happen much later in life. Um, and like you were saying, you know, we can all, I think, kind of envision if our parents split up for those of us who have our parents together, um, it would be tough. There's no, there's no age that that's going to be an easy experience or life is just going to continue on the same. So as far as supporting the friends and loved ones that we have in our lives, because we, we're all going to know somebody who has this experience. Um, at this point, over half of adults in the United States come from a broken home, whether that's a child of divorce or their parents were never married, cohabitated, later split up. Um, they're, they're huge, huge numbers of people out there. So for those, those that we have in our lives that we love who are adult children of divorce, probably the biggest thing we could recommend is being someone that can receive that wound. And what I mean by that is so often uh, adult children of divorce experience what we call a wound of silence. They may, they may feel that it's not okay to talk about their pain. They may have been given a lot of messages that this was for the best. You know, if your parents are happy, you should be happy too. Isn't it great? You have two Christmases, you have two homes, you have two of everything. Kind of those messages that could make a lot of children, especially, feel like their their voice is not being heard. 
their negative feelings are not okay. Maybe it's not such a bad thing. There can be a lot of confusion in their own heart. And then even for those adults whose parents split up later in life, they could get the message, you know, what's the big deal? You're out of the home. Like, why should this affect you? You have your own life. You're an adult now. So having people in our lives who can counter that, who can say, no, I get it. This was a really difficult experience. It is a difficult experience. And I'm here to listen. I'm here to listen. I'm here to support you. I'm not going to try to, you know, put a silver lining on it right away. I'm going to sit with you in the pain and in the grief and be there for you in those, in those feelings. That's absolutely the number one thing. I would say beyond that, just learning about what the experience of an adult child of divorce is or can be. Um, we talk about that at length in our book, you know, talk about how it can affect a person's identity, their faith, their future relationships, their emotional life, you know, so many things. And for us, if we have a loved one who's gone through that, the more we can learn about it, it could help guide those conversations or just know like, oh, my friend, you know, just, it seems like uh, these serious relationships are, difficult for them. Like I can understand that a little bit more, understanding where they're coming from. Um, so growing in that knowledge can be really helpful too, to be the most supportive friend or family member that we could be. Right. Cause I, I can imagine it would have like, it's like dropping a pebble in a pond and it just has this reverberation of ripples to all these different aspects of someone's life. And just being able to say like, look, I can't necessarily take away the ripples, but I can be there with you when you need someone. I think that that just speaks volumes to the type of friendship and the type of relationship that you can provide for them and show them that they're not alone. I think mm -hmm. that that's, yes. yeah, I think definitely. that's awesome. So another kind of aspect of this I want to talk about is children who were possibly conceived out of, out of wedlock. And I know decades ago, like the unspoken rule of thumb was, you know, if, if a child is conceived out of wedlock, that you just, now you have to get married. Like that's the, that's the best for the child to have both parents in their lives, you know, married and living together. And we'll just, we'll just have a shotgun wedding and that'll solve all of our problems. But years later, it's understandable, I guess, that some of these relationships would, would break down and, and end in divorce anyway. From what you've seen in your ministry, has any aspect of that practice been beneficial in retrospect or, or how has it been damaging at all? Yeah, that's a really interesting question. Um, I don't think there's a one size fits all answer, of course. You know, each each and every one of those type of situations would be completely unique. Um, I would say from the folks that we minister to in Life-Giving Wounds, I mean, we've really heard the the spectrum of situations. Um, and even within the ones that, you know, that that have that scenario, that maybe their parents got married because of an untimely pregnancy. Um, and some of those relationships, as you mentioned, did end in divorce. Some of them ended up getting a declaration of nullity. Because, um, of course, there there can be some pretty big questions about free consent in those scenarios um, that the church is conscious of uh, if a couple is getting married, you know, under a sense of duress or being forced by other people. I mean, that would be up for canon lawyers to really get into. I'd say from the child's perspective, it's it's difficult. I mean, <laughs> there's there's a lot of losses all the way around, I suppose. I mean, it's certainly not an easy thing if you, your parents were never married or never together, you know, to have, to lack that, you never saw that unity between your mom and your dad. 
um, that's worthy of grieving because, you know, God, that's not what God intended. God wants every child to be able to grow up within that warm embrace of their mother and father. So certainly something to grieve. Obviously, if parents do get married and later get divorced or go through and get a declaration of nullity, perhaps afterwards, absolutely something to grieve too. <laughs> so it's hard to yeah determine like what's the better scenario. It's very much I, what our hope would be is every couple that finds themselves in that situation gets really good counsel and guidance from a priest, from a spiritual director, from good friends and a, and a good support. Cause that's a very, it's a difficult thing to make a decision about, you know, based on what is going on with their relationship. What are, what are the strengths? Uh, certainly wanting to be hopeful that even we've encountered plenty of people that relationships started on not so great ground. It could have been shaky. There could have been a pregnancy that wasn't really expected. And those ended up being fantastic relationships. God's grace is abundant and his mercy is real. I think what we're trying to do in Life Giving Wounds is no matter what the scenario or circumstances was for any child who lost that love of their parents together to be a safe home and a safe place for them to figure out, you know, where is where is God in all of this and how can he help me heal through whatever hurts or losses I've experienced? I love that you use the word grief and grieving because I don't think that that is a word that most people normally associate with it, which, but it's, it's absolutely true that it is a form of grief and grieving. And you don't, you might not even have known what you lost at the time, especially if you were young, but when you, as you're growing older and you're seeing different examples of other relationships and, and wondering why couldn't that, why couldn't that be my family or why couldn't, you know, what's like, I, I feel like that would lead to a lot of conflicting interior emotions. And I kind of see that my, my husband, his parents were never married and his father was in and out of his life. And he's been most consistently in his life in the time that I've known him, but uh, he still has this difficult relationship with his father and a difficult relationship with his mother. And then he comes over to my house and there's my parents who've been married for forever and they have this vastly different dynamic it does influence our marriage in certain ways about, you know, the history and background that he brings to the relationship and the history and the background that I bring to the relationship and then what our children are seeing. Um, so I imagine that that's difficult to walk through for couples going through life-giving wounds as well. Is that something that you address in the program? Yeah, definitely. I'd say both things. So the the grief, for sure, that's where we start both our retreat weekends and our support groups, um, and also where we start our book, because we really see that as such an important first step in healing is even to acknowledge that you've been hurt, that you've been wounded. It's really only when a person is able to do that, that then they can look at the ways with, you know, with honest eyes, how have I been hurt by this? Where do I need the Lord's healing in my life? Um, and like you said, sometimes it 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 goes unacknowledged. And again, that could be somewhat from the cultural messages around divorce, that it's not that big a deal, that like you're fine, you know, or for the scenarios that turn out, you know, this was as best as it could have been, your parents are both involved in your life or what have you. But yeah, to be able to sit back and say, hey, this is not what the Lord intended for me. He really wanted me to have my mom and my dad together with me for life and to grieve that loss. And that's not a selfish thing to do. Uh, that's a very human thing to do. 
So starting there is really, really important. And we kind of go through in our book in particular, how to grieve in a Christian way. So it's not about mm. becoming a victim. And this is not about victim mentality. It's not about pointing fingers at our parents and, you know, declaiming all of their faults. It's very much about welcoming Jesus into those really broken and wounded places in our hearts and being willing to sit there with him. The other thing you mentioned is the impact on relationships. And absolutely, we spend a good amount of time in our ministry and our book talking about how does it affect your future relationships if you come from a broken home? Statistically, I think a lot of us are aware that men, men and women whose parents, uh, their marriages did not last are more likely to get divorced themselves. They're, they're less likely to get married at all, more likely to cohabitate. Like the numbers are very clear on that. We always try to stress that statistics are not destiny just because mm -hmm. that is something that we see. It's good to be aware of those, just that proclivity, I guess you could say, or just knowing like, hey, if I come from a divorced home, there could be some things I really need to be intentional about working on because I don't want to repeat those mistakes in my future family. And really diving in and doing that work and receiving that help from others and that help from the Lord. But yeah, absolutely. I mean, for, you know, just we're I'm similarly situated to you and that my parents are still married, even though they went through a number of pretty serious ups and downs and two separations when I was growing up and my husband's parents are divorced. And it certainly it's been food for a lot of conversation over the years about how do we navigate this together? What are some ways that this has affected Dan, some ways that it might have affected his ability to trust. I mean, that's a big thing. His ability to be hopeful about our relationship, even when we hit rough patches. Um, we found that a lot of children of divorce can struggle with cynicism, that when things go wrong, it's, you know, it's easy to think like, ah, well, that's just how relationships are. Like, they're not going to last and, and give in to that hopelessness. Um, others can tend toward a more romantic view that, you know, if I just find the right person, this is going to be problem free. And if I run into problems, like forget it, you know, I'm really quick to cut and run. Right. Um, and there, yeah, just that fear of abandonment that can be so powerful that even in the, the best relationships, um, an argument or a disagreement can, can spike that fear that this person is going to leave me. And those are all things that, you know, we really encourage, especially adult children of divorce and their spouses to be honest and willing to look at. And it's not about, you know, who's the better spouse, who's the the less wounded one, who has less baggage. Like we all have our stuff <laughs> that we have to look at and heal. And in a marriage to do that together, to to welcome each other's brokenness, um, to be a shoulder to, to lean on, a shoulder to cry on and to move forward together. Yeah, and we I, one thing that we say in our book that I just love stressing is the superpower that adult children of divorce bring to their marriages. Because um, so often they can feel like, you know, I'm less than, I'm empty handed, I come with all these problems. But on the flip side, for those children of divorce that have opened themselves up to that healing and that growth, they can be the most intentional spouses uh, and have just the like the strongest passion to have a good marriage, have a lasting marriage, precisely because of what they were, went through as a child or even as an adult. So we just think that's beautiful and really want to lean into that, that that is that is a great gift that you can give your spouse or your future spouse. Um, even if even if you're coming from a broken home, not it all is not lost. There's a great message of hope that we want to give. Absolutely. It reminds me. And I, I honestly can't remember the name of this practice, but it's an ancient Japanese practice where when um, ceramic breaks, 
they don't throw it away they repair it with gold mm. um and it, that reminds me a lot of of the work that that you guys are doing with life giving wounds and showing people that that just because you're broken doesn't mean or just because you have broken background or you come from a broken home that that you are broken and, and that you are not worthy of being healed like you absolutely are through Christ. And I think that that is such a powerful message to be sharing and helping people work through. So I imagine it has some pretty powerful effects in, in the work that you do. Talk to me about the retreat coming up in April. What, what can those who are attending um, look forward to? Yeah, definitely. So we're going to be coming to Harrisburg April 12 to 14. I'm really excited about that. It's actually our first Pennsylvania retreat at all. So we're, we're thrilled as a Pennsylvania native. Uh, really excited about that. Um, the retreat itself, so our retreats are structured to start on a Friday evening, go all day Saturday, and end uh, Sunday afternoon with a special mass. Um, they include six talks that are given by trained presenters who are either adult children of divorce or such as myself, I'll give a talk with my husband, Dan, about our relationship, kind of the, some of the relationship pointers. Um, they, they have a tremendous witness element. So these are children of divorce sharing about their own journey of healing with other children of divorce. Um, we also have small groups throughout the retreat that people really have found beneficial, that opportunity to talk with others who may not have an identical story to you, but have similarities and can get it and can receive that wound um, together and share in those experiences. So small groups tend to be really powerful places for the Holy Spirit to work. And then the retreat also has plenty of opportunities for prayer. We do a holy hour of adoration that's really powerful. Um, we'll have music with that from a really wonderful musician. Uh, opportunity for confession and spiritual direction, all of the spiritual supports that are so essential um, for taking that step forward in healing. Um, and joy, too. That's one thing that's that has surprised me when I get to help out with the retreats. It's obviously a very heavy subject matter. There's a lot of sad things that we talk about. There's a lot of sad things in people's stories that they share. Um, but doing that, the Lord always meets us there with this abundance of joy. Um, and sometimes it's joy through the tears, you know, but finding finding those people to connect with and that wellspring of joy just gives kind of the impetus to keep going forward, even though it's difficult. Um, so for anyone listening to this who would like to join us on retreat, we would love to have you. Um, and we're thrilled to be working with the Diocese of Harrisburg to bring Life Giving Wounds ministry um, to, to you guys. Uh, so thanks for having us. Anytime. We're, we're really excited to, to be hosting this. And, and um, I'm going to link in the show notes where people who are interested um, can go sign up and register. And Bethany, thank you so much for your time today. I think this was I'm, I'm really excited that this is going to be um, offered in, to the Diocese of Harrisburg. I think people are going to get a lot of benefit out of it. And I hope you have a blessed rest of your Lent because I know today was the first day. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks so much, Rachel. It's great to talk with you. To learn more or to register for the event in April, visit hbgdiocese.org slash events slash life giving wounds. Thank you so much for listening. Our goal at the Diocese of Harrisburg is to walk with you on your faith journey. So if this episode resonated with you in any way, the easiest way to show your appreciation is by sharing this program with your network or by leaving a review on your listening platform. 
You can also support us financially by making a donation online at hbgdiocese.org slash D-A-C and clicking the Make a Donation button. Thanks again, and we'll see you at church on Sunday.